0: I think uh, we're at that time again, so great commotion in the house, good to hear all the chatter. Uh, good morning, church. Uh, my name's Sean, one of the pastors here on the team, and it's great to have you here if you are in the house with us today, obviously, and to everybody who's online, welcome to Colwood Church. Good that you're uh, taking some time on your Sunday to be here with us, especially if you're brand new to us. Welcome to you. Glad that you would carve out some time with us today. Now, I have a qu- question for you. I asked on my social media this week, uh, and this is what I want to know from you today. And so what you're going to do is, if you're online, you're going to type this into the chat. Uh, but here in the house, you're going to say, get to say it to somebody else. But what, what is your absolutely favorite noise? Go ahead and tell somebody around you. What's your favorite noise? Go ahead. What's your favorite noise? Lots of good chatter around it. <laughs> Good ideas. All right, it's good. Now there there are several um, amazing noises that we have now started to type talk. Like, we, we saw in the lists that were given, people were saying, like, things like a, 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 like a sizzling barbecue with some good meat on it. Yes? Come on, anybody? Uh, don't get, you know, don't check out. Lunch will come soon, but, like, just stay, stay with me here. Some people have talked about campfires. Like, what a great sound. Sitting by a real campfire. Not that fake stuff, but real campfire. Some people talked about going to the ocean. Right, and Just listening to the, the ocean, the waves, and the wind, and all types of things. Now, this last week, uh, my, my daughter, Renee, and I, we went on a date. And uh, so here, here's the catch: we, we do dates in our house, but this date, I kind of got duped into it. Here's what I mean. I took her to the keg. I know. Pretty unbelievable. Because me, being the guy that I am, I, I made a bet with her a couple years ago. Because back in the day, she was really struggling with this thing called mathematics, so I said to her, "Listen, you get a you get a perfect test, I'll take you to the keg," and well, she cashed in this last week, and so you know, shame shame on me, shame on me. She so she she started to put another bet on the table for a new laptop and a car, and I'm like, get on, get out of here. Uh, anyway. But uh, we were talking at supper, and she was, I said, what's your favorite noise? And one of the things that Anais said that was her favorite noise, and, and I think some of us will, you know, relate to this as well, but it was, it was the noise of music. Anybody like music and the different noises that are around? Because we also know with, with music, there, some people have also said that music wasn't a noise that they particularly like, and there were some people who said that country music was not a good noise whatsoever. So, you know, we... Uh, we we ignore them. Anyway, so uh, the, you got all of these different pieces, but there, there is one particular noise that I think all of us understand and know, and it is that noise called the alarm clock. Yes? And it's one of those noises. How many of you have hit that button once all right, to go back to sleep? How many of you hit it twice? Three, four times, and you were late for something? Like, we all know, but the alarm. Like, it's, it's annoying, right? But one particular noise for me that I absolutely love, and I have to have this noise in my life, and it's a white noise. It's a white noise called a fan. I cannot sleep at night if I do not have a fan blowing in my face and not my wife blowing at me. Like, like that's the, like the, I need this fan to be throwing cold air. But I understand that when that happens, there's a noise that's happening and I'm able to settle in. Noise, it happens everywhere around us. But I think that when you and I hear the word noise, we sometimes will just go literal the sound. Like, and that's what mostly noise is, but Miriam Dictionary defines it this way. Says that noise is a common talk, it's it's indirect or it's casual, has unofficial comments to it, it's outcry or protest, but this is the one that caught me. It sometimes is spoken and it is sometimes written when it comes to noise. So last weekend, I I started this brand new series with us uh, called My COVID Teacher, And it came from my octopus teacher, a Netflix documentary that I watched while in COVID here. And it was this relationship between this man and this octopus and the lessons that this man learned. And as I stepped away from it, I was asking the question, what teaches me in this life? This man had an octopus. What teaches me? And I just realized, I felt like the Spirit of God saying, pay attention to COVID. Because COVID is teaching you a lot, Sean, about your life, about the life of leading in a church. It's teaching you a lot of things. And so we're looking at this idea of my COVID teacher. And in particular today, here is my question for you. Who or what are you listening to in your life? When it comes to the noise that is around us, who or what are you listening to today? Whether it is a soundbite or whether it is documents. Because I think many of us have been affected by the noise this past season. I think many of us have listened to false narratives. With the noise that has happened in this season. And we've all been affected by it. But in all of the noise that is around us, there is a message that is being projected within it. And I want to say that a lot of it is not helpful. I think the noise has disoriented many of us because we forgot to listen to the one voice that matters and his name is Jesus. Come on, you are so quiet. That needs to have an amen at the end of it. We're all good at listening to the noise, but we forgot the voice, and his name is Jesus. So Jesus says something to us in John chapter 10, verse 27 today, and it is this. My sheep listen to my voice. And this is Jesus speaking. He is saying that his sheep Followers of Jesus will hear his voice. And it says that I know them and they follow me. So as we've read of the word of the Lord together today, will you pray with me one more time? Jesus, I pray. And in these next minutes, you will use this time to bring glory to yourself. It says that my sheep listen and hear my voice. And with all the noise that has happened in and around us through this COVID season, I pray that we would land on listening to your voice, that it is the only voice in which I need some direction in. And so help us today, Jesus, is what I pray. And we ask it in your name. And everybody said, amen. amen. This morning, I want to speak to you from the subject noise. Somebody say noise. Noise. What I I really wanted my title to be was Come on, Feel the Noise by some 80s rock band. Uh, But I didn't. I chose noise. But now you kind of know why I was thinking about it. So anyway, there it is. Um, We are, in this culture, so affected by the noise, are we not? And so um, I'm I'm wondering why. Like, why are we so affected in this culture today? And I have a couple of suggestions for you. In fact, I'm going to place five suggestions in front of you, and I want you to relate them to your life. Again, suggestions on my part. But I want us to see that with all of the noise happening around us, there are some things that are probably driving that. Number one, the trust in authority today is in decline everywhere around us. In fact, people look at authority and they're like, I don't believe you. I don't trust you. And so guess what? I'm going to go do my own thing. And this comes with our government officials. It will come through health officers. We see this with our forces. Believe this or not, people are even looking at authority in churches and are saying, I don't trust you anymore. Like, why are you that reputable for me to have to follow you? And we have seen in our society a decline when it comes to the trust that we have an authority. It is here where our confidence um, has happened. Uh, we don't see people maybe as reliable. It's suspicious at best some days, right? I'm, I don't know. Don't know about you. And because of that, I'm going to go find my own narrative. I'm going to go find out what is factual to me. And oftentimes when we try to go our facts and find our facts, we notice that it is given to us in a lot of fiction anyway. And so we have this battle between fact and fiction everywhere. But it comes from this basic element of, I just don't trust those in authority. Number two is that we live in an information age. Uh, The information age, which is the computer computer or the digital revolution, happened in the mid-20th century. Fantastic. But in 1983, this birthday happened and it changed the world. Everyone in, in, in the world. And it was this thing called the internet. Have you heard of this before? No one? Yeah. The internet, 1993, changed it all. And then in 1998, everybody's answer key came into existence, and everybody loves it. Google happened, 1998. Big, big days. But this stuff changed the world because what happened now is that all information is really readily available at your fingertips, is it not? And this is unprecedented in our lifetime. In fact, our children today, they're growing up in the digital age. This is their language. This is what they know. They're natives to this in their lives. The third thing I see is a curated newsfeed. The curated newsfeed is all about finding or distilling or adding value, preserving and sharing the most relevant stories on a specific topic or an issue for a specific audience. These people have calculated formulas for what is going to get posted in your feeds because they know what you want to pay attention to. Megan McArdle, a journalist, was speaking on the machine known as Facebook. And folks, it's not the Facebook, it's Facebook, okay? Let's just get that out of the way, right? She's speaking on Facebook. This is what she said. Even if we are not deliberately blocking people who disagree with us, Facebook and other platforms, Facebook curates our feeds so that we will get more of the stuff that we like. What do we like? People and posts that agree with us that's interesting something to think about the fourth thing i see though could be a suggestion for you is the death of expertise tom nichols in his book says this these are dangerous times never have so many people had so much access to so much knowledge and yet have been so resistant to learn anything now i don't know if he if he speaks like this but i am just how i'm reading it right Let's continue, though, with it. He says in the United States and other developed nations, i.e. Canada, otherwise intelligent people denigrate the intellectual achievement and reject the advice of experts. Not only do increasing numbers of lay people lack basic knowledge, they reject fundamental rules of evidence and refuse to learn how to make a logical argument. And in doing so, they, throw, they risk throwing away centuries of accumulated knowledge and undermining the practices and habits that allow us to develop new knowledge. Whoa. That's a big one. But the death of expertise is around us today. The last one is a confirmation bias. Confirmation bias is the natural tendency only to accept evidence that confirms what we already believe. <laughs> we all have personal experiences, prejudices and fears and even phobias that prevent us from accepting expert advice. In each of those five potential suggestions for you and I today I think it comes down to this one point. We sometimes resist these conclusions because it undermines our sense of independence and autonomy. Let me remind you, that is the currency of a world. The currency of faith is not independence, it's co-dependence on Jesus Christ. It's his voice that matters most in your life. Not Facebook, not TikTok, not anything else in between, it's Jesus. Jesus is the voice and your autonomy is not what he wants for you. He wants you to be in relationship and community with people. So folks, don't get lost in this, oh, I've lost my independence and I've lost my autonomy. That's not what Jesus calls us to today. Perhaps you and I will struggle with these things. So what do we do with the noise that is around us? Because we have to look at the noise and we have to look at where it's coming from. And for the majority sake of our time, it's coming from these platforms called social media. This could be the noise that is disorienting us. Last week, I said this about my COVID teacher. I have a love-hate relationship with it, right? But I'm gonna take that a step further and talk to you about my love-hate relationship with this thing called social media, right? Because many people are looking at social media right now and it's like, it's from the devil and throw it out and relax, folks, okay? There are some good things about social media, are there not? I mean, I think so. In fact, I am so thankful for social media and its platforms that we have been able to produce church online through a pandemic. Anybody else happy for that? We didn't have that 10 years ago, 20 years ago, but we had it in this season where we thought church was being taken away from us. Wow, we took it to your living room. Like crazy. But I'm so thankful for that platform. When I couldn't go see my family and my friends, guess what I was able to do? Pull out my phone and use FaceTime, or I was able to go to Zoom. And I was able to see my family. And I understand that many of us, we had that like Zoom fatigue thing going on. But folks, I mean, we were able to stay connected. And on a completely selfish uh, note, like when I got bored in COVID, when I had this time on my hand, social media saved my day, and it actually allowed me to have a little bit of fun with my life. I went to Netflix. I went to Prime Video. I watched things. I played games. I did a lot of different things online. Anybody else thankful for social media for some things? Ten of us. All right. Because I'm going to prove you all wrong with my statistics in a moment. Anyway, ten of you. Okay, you're with me. We go from there. But I also had a hate relationship with social media, and I still do today. In fact, I've said this before from, this, from the stage, I, the fact that all of us are now experts drives me nuts. The fact that we are the most connected that we have been in our history with social media has left us relationally distanced though. So what we think has drawn, drawn us together has disconnected us as well. And I could prove this to many of us by probably sometimes sitting at some of our tables and are you engaging the person that's across from you, or you got your phone ready to go? All right, walk into the restaurant the next time and find that people, those families, whatever, and are they engaging with each other? I mean, you're, connect, you're sitting there with somebody, but it's like, this is way more important. And I also hate these things about social media today, the false information that is happening everywhere. It drives me nuts. There are trolls on your social media platforms. Do you, do you believe that? Trolls. Trolls are real, folks. I mean, some of you are thinking that I'm going to a cute little cartoon right now. No, no, no. Trolls are real. And I'm going to talk about trolls in just a few minutes. But then the other thing that I see everywhere around us, and I don't know if you see this, but everything is so negative in these platforms right now. There are glimmers of hope and fun, and, which is great, but like, there's just a lot of negative around us. So here are three things that I want you to consider with all of the noise that is going on around us to place the voice, the one voice, Jesus's voice back into your life today. The first thing we're going to talk about is feed me. Somebody say feed me keep you awake and moving with me. This is what it says in 1 Timothy chapter 4. It says, Now the Holy Spirit tells us clearly that in the last times, some will turn away from the true faith. Some people are going to follow deceptive spirits and teachings. Interesting, deceptive spirits and teachings. Has anybody noticed this in this last season at all? Some people are going to follow these things, but catch this, they come from Demons. It's not, it's, not coming from social, it's not coming from Facebook or the Facebook. It's not coming from the TikTok or whatever you call it. It's coming from demons, is what it said. There are principles at play here, what our author is telling us, that are trying to bring deception and deceit into this world. Interesting. These people are hypocrites, liars, and their consciences are dead. <laughs> woo that's strong. But it says, do not waste time arguing over godless ideas and old wives' tales. Instead, folks, train yourselves to be godly. See, physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better, promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. Feed me. So here's the one question. The the very moment that you wake up in your day, what is the first voice that feeds you? Is it your social media or is it God? Think about that. What's the first thing that's going to get your day kick started? The noise or the voice? That matters. See, we are told in these last days that deception and false teaching is going to happen. So it has to make us ask here in this place today, online with us, here it is. What is feeding you the most in your life? What are you getting your sustenance from? And folks, I'm not talking about the pizza lunch that you're about to eat for lunch or whatever it is. I'm talking spiritually and the nourishment to your soul. What is feeding you the most? So let's go back to our good old friend and our love-hate relationship of social media. The resource letterly said this, that in 2020, the average minutes a day spent on social media per person was 145 minutes, which is two hours and 25 minutes. This is a 61% increase since 2012. It says that people ages 16 to 24 spend three hours a day on social media. 90.4% 90, 90. of all millennials are on social media today in our world. Pandemic stats specifically coming from Forbes um, resource said this, that in the pandemic, we each spent on average about 1,300 hours on social media platforms. Facebook was given 58 minutes a day, equaling 325 hours a year. Instagram, very popular with the Gen Z. Um, demographic was 53 minutes a day at 297 hours a year. Snapchat was 50 minutes a day at 277 hours. YouTube is 42 minutes a day, and TikTok is 32 minutes a day. And there are 25% of the population ages 10 to 19 on TikTok. There are 22% of the ages 20 to 29 on TikTok, and 21% of the ages 30 to 39 on TikTok, did you know that the average lifespan of your existence on social media today with these stats is showing that you will spend six years and eight months on social media in your lifetime? That <laughs> Seven years of your entire existence is gonna be spent on these platforms. In fact, in the pandemic year. days were spent in your life on social media. That's on average. Some of you are better than that and some of you are worse than that, but on average, we see what's happening. In fact, 4.2 billion worldwide are on social media today. We understand this about our social media. It's a money trap because they know you're there and they're gonna get your attention. Okay, Sean, just relax on the whole social media thing. Okay, let me go to your TV instead. Canadian statistics. Uh, 23.7 hours per week are spent on the television for those of us who are 18 years and above. But listen to this, it goes to 38.1 hours for those of you who are 55 plus. And then teenagers spend a total of 11 hours on TV. We see that whether it's a traditional model of media or the digital media that we have all around us, there is stuff feeding us and the stats are showing us that we're living in these worlds and we're paying attention. So when I ask the question, what is feeding you, this is relevant to us today. In fact, when we were in the pandemic, I came across another great documentary. So here's part two. Here's, I'm giving you stuff to watch this week. But there was this clip that came out called Social Dilemma in social media, it is on Netflix, but this was mind-boggling to me to watch the science that was now brought to the statistics that I'm reading and seeing everything around us as to what is happening. What this documentary is proposing to us is the consequences that we need to see with how much screen time we are having in our world today. In fact, this documentary will go on to speak about your health, your physical health, as to the things that are physiologically beginning to take place in our lives because of the social media content that we bring in. And in fact, what some scientists are now beginning to say about our social media is that it is the new drug for your life. Do you know that there are reactions, chemical reactions that are happening when you go back consistently to all of these social media platforms, when you're looking for the likes and the comments, it produces a chemical inside of your system that is needing to be appeased by other people. So you are now finding your whole association based on the subjects of other people instead of just knowing that you're a son and you're a daughter of God. And so all of these things are happening around us in these platforms. And it's dangerous. I gotta tell you, at one point, actually not one point, several points, Lisa and I had to make a very clear decision to no longer turn the news on in our home because it was affecting our souls. We were listening to the nonsense and seeing all these reports and the negative, and it just was, it was suffocating my soul. And We had to turn it off. We had to make deliberate actions in order to be better. In fact, just days ago, on October 4th, something so significant in this world happened, and it absolutely shut down your lives. It shut down my life. There was a six-hour window on a Monday afternoon where Facebook and Instagram went went dark. And everybody's lives got disrupted and went into panic. What's going on? Is Jesus come back? I mean, we didn't know what was going on, right? But people's lives were completely affected by a six-hour window. MIT technology said this on troll farms. Troll farms, like I said, trolls, they're a real thing. Let me explain. MIT Technology said this about farms, uh, these troll farms on Facebook. These groups show professional groups working in a coordinated fashion to provide the most provocative content, often propaganda, to all social networks. But this was in particular to Facebook. And in leading to the 2020 election, Facebook's most popular Facebook pages were for Christian and black American content. But they were coming from troll farms found in Eastern Europe, Kosovo, Macedonia. People producing this content to us in North America, not having a hot clue what our actual climate is and what we are facing as a society here. But we are clicking on all of these pieces and being drawn to these trolls because they know that if they get your click, they'll curate your news. And you can see how the cycle begins to happen. And it all is a money game at the end of the day. Which voice is getting the loudest in your, in your mind today? What is feeding you is what I'm asking today. What's the influence? In Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, it, it reads this, and you need to see this. It says, and so, because of these things, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you, To give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you and let them be a living and a holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Now this is the catch. Quit copying the behaviors and the customs of this world. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. See, when we are feeding ourselves with all of these platforms and all of these noises, I need us to understand that you are taking stuff in, and if garbage comes in, garbage has to do what? It's got to come out. And now we've got this instruction in Scripture that says, I see the noise. I understand, folks, that in 2021, you're going to have noise all around you. But what Jesus is asking you and I today is to be transformed by the renewing of your mind, for this is our spiritual act of worship. See, Jesus is asking you and I today to reorient ourselves upon the voice that matters, and his voice is the one that matters. So it means that you're going to have to get into the practices of reading your Bibles. It's prayer. It's calling on the Holy Spirit. It's living in community with other people to speak and to feed life into you. So what are you feeding yourself with? The second thing that I see today is is the phrase, hear me. And this comes right from the text that I shared at the very beginning, where Jesus says, my sheep listen to my voice, and I know them and they follow me. Jesus is looking for his voice to be the dominant one in your life today. But my question and my wonderment for the church today is, has his voice been silenced in your life? Have you allowed all the other noise to dictate who you are versus him? He is the shepherd. We are the sheep. And scripture tells us we know his voice and then we will be led a certain way. And I think the problem is that many of us, myself included, have been led away, led astray in this season. It's because we haven't remained in him. A fascinating story that some of you may know um, is the story, and it's really worldwide renowned, it's a story about a boy and a giant, or known as David and Goliath. If you haven't heard this in 1 Samuel chapter 17, it's a great story about this young boy, teenager probably, David, who is ready to go to the battlefield because there's this, there's this giant who is standing down the Israelite army, and he's mocking them, he's calling them down, and David is this little shepherd boy. All his brothers and family are at the battle, and David decides to take some snacks over to his family, and as he approaches the the battleground, there are four unique voices that happen in David's life that I need us to hear, because I'm asking you today, what's the noise? What's the voice that you're listening to? Well, David himself was given four different voices And the first one actually comes out of verse 28, and it says, When David approaches, he talks to his oldest brother, Eliab. And he saw that David was talking to the men, and his brother gets really angry. Like, what are you doing here anyway, David? And What about those few sheep that you're supposed to be taking care of? And I know about your pride, he says, and deceit. You just want to see the battle. And David's just bringing a snack to the family, And his own brother gets in his face and he's like, who are you? You're nothing. I mean, you're just a little boy. Go back to where you need to belong. And keep keep this in mind. This is his family speaking this over his life. Uh, David continues, kind of brushes off the brother, and next he stands in front of the king of Israel. That's a pretty big step, right, from brother to king. And now he's standing in front of King Saul, and King Saul is looking at him, and and King Saul actually speaks a voice. And he says this, don't be ridiculous, David. There's no way that you're going to be able to fight this Philistine and possibly win. Listen to this, you are only a boy, and he's been a man of war since his youth. And then a few verses later, as as Saul finally concedes the fact that he's going to allow David to go fight, he's like, here, here's my armor. I want you to put my armor. So there's this little boy in this man's armor, and it's ridiculous. I mean, David's standing there, and Saul is trying to fit him with his own armor because he is saying to David, you're not enough. And what you're trying to do is not enough. And David brushes the king off. But interesting, right? Because that's an authority figure now in David's life. And even the authority figure was speaking something. He was putting noise into David's life that was not helpful for him. And then he passes the king, and he goes right out onto the field where he stands in front of this giant Goliath, and it's going to be a showdown, and it says in verse 41 that Goliath walks out towards David with his shield bearer ahead of him, and sneering in contempt at this ruddy-faced boy, Goliath says, am I a dog, David, that you come with me? with your sticks and your stones. This guy is calling him down. And David could have listened to the voice that was being spoken over him. Maybe I'm not significant enough. Maybe I can't do this thing. Maybe you are right. But I want us to show you, or I want to show you one more voice that David has. And it is in verse 45, where David looks at that ugly, giant, the Goliath. I don't know if he was ugly or not. I just made that up right now. But he says, you come with me in sword and spear and But I come to you in the name of the Lord, heaven's armies, the God of the armies of Israel, that you have defeated. Filed. Why do I say all these things? Because some of you are listening to your family. Some are listening to authority. Some are even listening to the enemy and the giants of your life. But David came because he understood the voice of God in his life. That no matter what the brother said, no matter what the king said, no matter what the enemy said, David knew that God wanted him to win and to fight in the battle. This was the voice that he was listening to. I mean, he could have been fed with all of the garbage, but he chose to be fed by hearing the voice of God. And you and I today, folks, we need to know the voice of God in our lives. Jesus says, my sheep, they will hear me. And when they hear me, they will follow what I'm doing. The problem is many of us have gone into different paths because we failed to listen to the voice of God in this season. The thing with noise that is intriguing to me is this. Whatever noise you are listening to, it's producing something in you. Follow me. Some of us are listening to all this noise. And there's fear and anxiety running rampant in your heart. And I'm sorry that you're walking through that. I truly am. It's because you're allowing that noise to produce something in you. What would it look like if we chose to listen to the voice of peace? In the middle of uncertainty and chaos, and I don't get it and I don't like it, but I need your peace, Jesus. Because it's producing something in you. We have to understand that Jesus' sheep hear his voice and follow him. Jesus has a fantastic narrative for you, folks. He loves you, He's got a plan for you today. But you have to reorient your life around hearing the voice of Jesus and the last thing today is clothe me I'm so thankful that you woke up today and you're following my advice already and being clothed thank you it's not the type of clothing that I'm talking about I want us to go back to David and he stood in front of his king and his king gave him this armor and it didn't fit David because God had already spoke a different narrative to David I got you buddy I'm going to take you you're going to take a stone and you're going to throw it into his forehead it's good you don't need the sword the spear the javelin whatever it is don't need it the interesting thing that I see in this particular piece is that even though Saul wanted to clothe David David knew it wasn't going to be right for him I want to say this to you quit clothing yourself with somebody else's armor today quit trying to put on somebody else's narrative God's got an own narrative for each and every one of you today in this place and online He's got something that he wants to speak to you, and he wants to clothe you a certain way that will be fit for the battle that is in front of you today. God wants to, in this disoriented world, equip you today and know that he is there with you. In Ephesians chapter six, a very amazing text, it says this, and a final word. So I'll let this be my final word today too. It says, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. You know, put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. It says, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. We are not fighting against TikTok rulers, Facebook trolls, or anything else. The news crew, the anchors, we're not fighting against them. The word of God says that we are fighting against what? evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in heavenly places. Folks, the battle is against Satan. He has been spreading noise into our culture. And we have taken the bait and swallowed sometimes. But our scriptures show us today that God is reminding us to clothe ourselves with this. So let me ask you, when is the last time, actually the next verse says therefore, whenever you see the word therefore in scripture, you ask what's it there for? So we've got this battle, we've got this noise, we've got this disorientation all around us. Therefore, put on the full armor, God. When is the last time you woke up in your day, and you said, God, I'm gonna put on your armor today. Put the armor on me. What are you talking about, Sean? I'll let you go read the text a little bit further. Ephesians 6, but I love it because it says, for some of us, why don't you go in the morning, why don't you put on the belt of truth? So many of us have put on a belt of lies (laughs) in this last season, and we've strapped it to ourselves. He says, put on the belt of truth. Watch what happens. He goes a little bit further and he's like, take these shoes, put the shoes, and guess what the shoes are? The shoes are our shoes of peace. But we're all panicked right now still. We're all anxi- like anxiety, fear driven, the shoes of peace. When's the last time God put your peace on my feet? Or he held up the shield of faith, which says the fiery darts of the enemy are being thrown at you all ways, all noise coming at you 100 miles a minute. Put up the shield of faith and watch what you have. Put on the helmet of salvation, which protects your mind. Therefore, be transformed by the renewing of your mind because it's your spiritual act of worship. See, today we are in a battle, but I want you to know you could be on the winning side of this battle with all of the noise that is happening around us We have got a king who is victorious and he wants his sheep to hear his voice. So will you allow the shepherd to speak to the sheep? Will you stand with me this morning as I pray for you? With all eyes closed in this place, I want you to consider what noise are you listening to? What's the noise? What are you feeding yourself today? Do you hear Jesus' voice? And when's the last time you asked him to clothe you with his armor to combat the noise? Holy Spirit of God, I pray that you will allow the research, the preparation, all of it, Let it fall away if it doesn't stick here, but we need your voice to be heard today. And I pray for my friends that you will allow us all to silence the noise that is in our life, to listen to the voice that matters, and that's Jesus. I pray that you will help us to reorient off a message like this as well, because this is a big deal. This love-hate relationship we have with our media, but more in the fact that it's influenced. So help us this week Today, to find some steps and directions for how I'm going to lead my life moving forward. Because Jesus, I want to hear your voice. And I want to follow what you're doing. And I pray that for my friends today. That this week you will let them know that they could be on the winning side. Because the battle belongs to the Lord. So clothe this people today with your armor. Protect us. And help us to silence the other voices that are unnecessary in us and for us in this season. With all eyes closed, I ask this question every week, but perhaps you don't have a relationship with Jesus. Maybe you're in the room today or you're online with us and you've never said yes to this shepherd. I'm telling you, he wants to direct your steps. He wants to save that which is broken. He wants to give you life. And a relationship with him is... It's maybe one of the hardest things you could do, but it's the most easiest thing that you could do. (laughs) Because he loves you. And I want you to leave this place today knowing that he loves you and that he wants the relationship with you. And if you're in this room today or you're online, you could walk into that relationship as well. If you're in the room today and you're saying, Sean, I, I would like to know more about this Jesus, to have this relationship with him, you could just stick your hand up right in this room right now and we'll see you, and we'll pray with you, and we'll get you through. If you're online, you're texting the word the word life to 250 478 but Jesus has a plan for you, and he loves you. So our hope is that you would step into that relationship with him. So Jesus, you see those hands, you see those